Hey everybody, it's Tori, the founder of the Mighty Dames, and we are bringing in a new segment, and we're going to call this, I think I went with Dames Discuss, title pending. I'm wishy-washy. Um, <laughs> so um, the whole idea of this is to get Dames together to discuss topics that we are seeing that are um, not just, that are not, um, what's the word I'm thinking of, unique to heavyweight women, but something that we see that is um, being... I'm seeing a trend of it a lot within heavyweight women and within women in jiu-jitsu in general. So I have two wonderful women who are going to be joining me today. Ladies, please introduce yourselves. Okay. Um, <laughs> I am Maggie Torres. I am a black belt. I had to actually say that because I've been saying brown belt for the last couple of weeks. I am a new black belt uh, at Torres Jiu-Jitsu in Spring, Texas. Uh, I am a gym owner. And I have recently uh, resigned from my job as a full-time English teacher. So I'm now a full-time gym owner and what? training. That's awesome. Next. Yeah. Hi, I'm Alia Garcia Valadez. I am a brown belt at Brazilian Top Team School of Lake Jackson, uh, School of Jiu-Jitsu in Lake Jackson, Texas. And uh, I, I work for a local subdivision of the state um that manages in uh funding for the area of houston and galveston and i'm a trainer for them mm. well let me i didn't do my own well i'm tori i'm tori o'neill um i'm a purple belt um and i i'm the owner of the mighty dames and then i also am a domestic violence um case manager um, so today we are talking about i think when i messaged all of you what we were talking about every single one of you were like <laughs> we're talking about imposter syndrome. So imposter syndrome is, uh, is simply put is this feeling of self doubt that we are, that our skills, our accomplishments are somehow unearned. Um, I think we can say in general society, women have some degree of imposter syndrome. We feel like we haven't earned where we're at, but I've been seeing recently a lot of it showing up within the jujitsu community um, more so than I have before which surprised me considering we have more participate participation of women than we've had before. So um, let's start with Maggie. What are, what is your experience with imposter syndrome? Just like, I mean, Cliff Notes version. We don't have all day. I, <laughs> um, I don't even know where to start with that. Um, okay, wait a minute. Let me, let me, let me start here. You're a new, you are a new um, black belt. Mm -hmm. How are you settling into that reality? Uh, you, you know what? I'm not going to lie. It was kind of surreal at first. Like, first of all, getting your black belt on the podium after you won a tournament that you were never expected to win <laughs> is like, like mind blowing. I think I had a couple of weeks where I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a black belt now. Like I would, I had to actually hide my brown belt. I could see it now. I had to hide it because I kept leaving the house and trying to grab my brown belt every time I mm. left. Um, Real. And I think it didn't become super surreal until I went to my first uh, like training session at our um, our main academy uh, team took and I got in line with everybody. And then the black belts were like, oh, uh, no, no, you line up up here. So not only am I a black belt, I'm the only female black belt 
now. And so I was the only woman up there and that was already kind of like surreal. And then I'm like, oh, maybe people there are looking at me thinking I don't deserve to be here, which I'm sure nobody's actually thinking, or they're probably like, she doesn't do Nogi. Who is this person? Because I was in a Nogi class, but like, um, yeah, I think it was just like, for me, it was the lining up. And then I, I kind of was at a point where I was like, oh, well now I line up with the black belts and I'm used to being the person who lines up on the wall and gets to like, like, and yes, I was at the end of the line and I get to like choose people, but now I'm on the other side and now I get to choose people. And now I'm like, do I get to drill anymore? Like, am I still allowed to drill in class or do I have to go around and help people? Because now people assume that I know what I'm doing and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I still have ADHD, like Professor Mike, uh, Professor Steve, they'll show the move like 12 times and I'll just, because mm, mm, I know people are looking at me and then they'll be like, okay, on two, one, two, and we clap. And I'm like, oh shit, what were we doing? And so then I have to go around and people are like, am I doing it right? I'm like, yes. Yes. That, that looks good. I see you doing show it. Me, show me what you understood from what he said. Yes, <laughs> and black belts, I've started to realize black belt, a lot of black belt is just asking people questions. Yeah. Either, show me where you thought you went wrong. <laughs> where they realize what they did wrong. So now I'm starting to do that thing that like Travis them did to me. Well, where do you think you went wrong? But <laughs> on a serious note, I, I think I'm, now I'm settling into it uh, pretty nicely. Now like, I, I do feel like I deserve to be there. There's just always a little bit of doubt. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Alia with you. Let's see you recently. Um, both. Let me just say whatever y'all think. Both of y'all recently got some shiny hardware that you should <laughs> definitely be proud of. So let's switch it to the competition aspect. Um, you recently just went to Nogi Pans. How are you settling into the reality knowing how like um, heavyweight brackets and the higher you get up, the competition is sparse. Um, so how do you, I'm going to open this to both of you, but how do you do the process of evaluating your wins in competitions? Yeah, it's, it, it's a little. Time out. Well, you I'll just had it. a complete tonal shift. When you said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, man, that went a little deeper than <laughs> I was expecting the same, the same way. No. So, I mean, reality is for me, I've felt it. I felt imposter syndrome at every single at white, at blue, at purple, hella at purple, and then at brown. And mm -hmm. for Pan's Nogi, this one in particular, because one, I was done for the year. I was done for the year. I wasn't mm -hmm. expecting to go compete anymore this year, or even most of next year, because of you know my injury. So. And then on top of that, it was, I had already missed out on worlds and that's usually the one I save for, you know, like the whole, like everything. And again, another year where I'm not able to train the way I was able to train. So even with the brown belt promotion, I still felt like, man, this, this is going to be a test of how I hang with these brown belt ladies mm -hmm. at super heavy. And then you know, like you said, it's sparse. Competition is sparse. The higher, the older you get, the higher the weight class and the higher the belt. Yeah. And then I'm also learning too that there is a, uh, I don't want to say there, there's, it, I don't want to say there's a trend, but there is a, there's a game. There's definitely a game. I guess I've always kind of missed out on that part of, of competition. Um, it, it, there's, a, there's a game that people play where, They'll go into one division and then wait to the last minute and possibly move somewhere else. So you go in thinking, woohoo, I've got some, 
I've got at least one match. And then now all my eggs are in the basket for open class, you know, and yeah. I'm having to reach out at the last minute to the open class ladies that I know will stay or the other ladies that, you know, actually, and, and what's funny is that Pan, at this, uh, Nogi Pan, every single woman in Master 3 Brown Belt came from, in our own weight class, a solo division. And oh, that wow. sucks. That sucks. So, yeah. you know, there's that, there's that whole feeling of, for me, because it was my first run at Brown, um, my debut, if you will, uh -huh. <laughs> there's that feeling of, did I really just earn this gold? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and it takes, I, I think now at this level, I have learned, you know what? Yeah, I showed the fuck up. I earned yep. it. I yep. earned it. I showed up. And that took, a, that took years, years of coaches and friends that coach telling me, <laughs> Maggie at one point or another telling me to say, hey, you absolutely earned it. You you trained whatever time you spent training. You trained and giving everything that has happened. The fact that you showed up, that you showed up and still showed up to compete and ready to go. So yeah, it was for 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 me personally. It was that debut at Brown is I really did in the first little like earn this gold. No, not really. And then I was like, ah, right, you know what? No, damn well, yes, I did. I showed up. I was here. I what okay. you know if you show up they will come kind of thing mm -hmm. so yeah right, i got, exactly. I got another question so each one of us is um been promoted and we all have that picture of us being promoted where we're like the, where, like you have the um uh, where my belt at wrong side you have your belt you're like <laughs> when was it when you first did your competition um because when we get our belt, I feel like we are like, yes, I did this. Awesome. For me, on my drive, because I got podium promoted too for purple. On my drive home, I was like, oh, shit. This means I got to know more stuff. People are going to ask me questions. Did you have that moment of like, like realization after your, after you, your recent promotion of like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I don't know. Is this for me or for I'm not, both uh, of you? Both of you. Uh, you know what? This was the first one that I didn't have that for, and I think it's just Good. because I had that at every single belt. Like there was so much pressure because I was like, "Oh God, I just got like I just got purple belt. Purple belt was the hardest. I got purple belt, and then I, I won the trenches at purple belt. Yeah, I, I was <laughs> like right away, and then mm -hmm. everybody expected me to win everything from here on out, and I was like, oh, okay. Like, it was almost the worst one because I'm like, man, now there's nowhere to go but down. I can't go mm -hmm. up. Yeah. And then I got mm -hmm. to brown. I was like, oh shit, I'm a brown belt now. But black belt, when they put that around my waist, I was like, like there's still imposter syndrome. But I, the first thing I thought was, oh man, I've arrived. Like, mm -hmm. like I've awesome in the, in the way that it happened too. Like I going kind of going back to open class. I was that person who always refused to do open class. I had done it at Bluebell. I think I did it once at Purple. I refused to do it because I always felt like, like I would tell people, oh, it's because it's so late in the day. And that's kind of true because I want to eat. But um, <laughs> also I was like, if I win, people are going to go, oh, you won because you're, you're an ultra heavy. And then if you lose, oh, you lost, you're an ultra heavy. And I've never cared too much about like losing. They're like, oh, you beat the ultra heavy. People make it a big deal. But I thought about it and I was kind of like, wait a minute. I guess I had the opposite experience because none, nobody in my division came from a solo division. They all had a bunch of like bunch of tough matches back to back. Yeah. 
I thought about it. And I honestly, the reason I did it is because I lost my weight class and I was like, God, I shouldn't have lost that. And I was heartbroken. I was like, I'm going to get out there and do it. And then I ended up winning it. And I had a thought and I was like, you know what? Not at one point in that whole like match was I like, oh, well, I won this because I'm heavy. And actually it kind of got me thinking like with the absolute people are like, well, of course the ultra heavy is going to win. Well, people are assuming that's because of weight. I want people to start thinking about who is in the ultra heavy divisions, even at adult. They're the most technical people. You're going to tell me Gabriella Pisani is just winning because she's big because that's not the case. That's the most technical person out there. Uh, what love him or hate him, Miragali, that's a real technical man. You're going to tell me he's mm -hmm. not Eric Munis. That's a technical person. Like, so people who are in these like big divisions, it's not that they're not technical. We've got this mindset around it. Like, even if you hear commentary, people will say on the commentary, oh man, what a technical guard for an ultra heavy. Shut up. Y'all didn't know who Orlando Sanchez was? Like, you didn't know who, like ultra heavies, of course we have technical guards. We have to, we're used to rolling with little people that we might mm -hmm. have to take a little bit of weight off of. So where am I going to put you? My mm -hmm. guard, my guard's going to get more technical than your guard because you're not playing guard on me. You know, mm -hmm. sorry, this turned into a rant, but like, yes, weight can make a difference, but you're going to tell me that uh, like my weight made a difference when I had you in my guard. Like it's, it, that's part of imposter syndrome is accepting these like beliefs that other people mm -hmm. have created. Yeah. Other mm -hmm. people have ideas that ultra heavies can't do certain things. So we start to think that we can't, that's not the case. Yep. And it's once I think everybody starts to believe that they're going to realize like the playing field's a lot more even than you think it is. Like for sure I can get in there and I can just like smash people and stuff, but guess what? They signed up the same way I did. They signed that, up. That's right. And that right there is what I tell everyone who's, um, who's larger. It's like, Oh, I don't know this. Just like you push your name down and paid your money. They did the same thing. Everyone has the same. You didn't sneak into the competition. That's and the great. difference is I'm not going to make that post going, well, lost to this person who gave up four weight classes because they were faster than me. Like, how does that look? They're like, well, I moved up in weight, lost to the ultra heavy. I mean, man, you also just lost to the person who maybe was more technical than you. Let's better. have better. I'm better that day. They were better that day. Oh, not ready for that. Not ready for that yeah. conversation. Like, I we feel we had to become more well-rounded because of the weight that we are. We had to. Don't take that away from us. I mean, you can try to, but I know where I am, and I know mm -hmm. where my technique came from. So, look, I'm trying out. to be Maggie when I grow up and have this town. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, we all are. <laughs> but you know what? That's that's like that's very that's very real. That like, um, and we can we can um flow this alley when it's your turn into this whole idea that it's uh somehow it's skill versus size that if I win it's either my size one or I was it's it's honestly people don't give you the option to say that your skill is what was superior. Okay. It's always well well you were bigger than that person. And look Sometimes I am look I'm six one I just I'm like sitting right under like right I'm hovering around three hundred. I'm a big I'm a big body bends. Like I know it I have and I am I would be naive to pretend that like some of like some of the success I would even say a lot of the things that are beneficial to me are not due to my size but also I'm slow as shit I'm clumsy I get arm barred every single day I have the most narrow feet for the thighs that I have so I'm tripped so like I have advantages but I have a lot of like things that do not work into my advantage at all we all do. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and that's, that is absolutely, it, it's, it's funny. 
it, it's kind of funny, Maggie, that you brought up that about the, you know, just because I won you because of the, oh, whatever. So purple, I, I, I definitely agree. Purple was probably in the trenches, the toughest one, and the one that I felt the most initially uh, imposter syndrome. I really did. It was unexpected when I got it. Um, brown, I feel like I've, there's imposter syndrome, but it was more from a competition standpoint. Like, can I really hang with these, these ladies at Brown Belt? Like, I really, that was that. It wasn't that I didn't feel, you know, it was a surprise too, but it wasn't like, man, I, I know nothing. I know nothing. You know, there was that moment of, oh, okay, I'm like, this is real, real now. But at Purple, and it was more that last year at Purple because, and, and, and it's all good now, but there was that moment of after the tournament, after Masters, there was a, a post essentially implying that I was a house, I was a monster, and that that was the reason why, you know, I won, essentially. And it was like, what? <laughs> Hold on. So there was that moment, even that right there, there was that moment of, I was like, well, you can call me a house, but I think you're wonderful. I think you're a warrior. And, you know, ultimately an apology was given. And there was, you know, that like, hey, I spoke out of context kind of thing. Uh, but it was that initial, that kind of stuff also adds to that imposter syndrome. Uh, even though I had already won the year before too, you know, mm -hmm. there's still that moment of, it comes down to a ref decision and it was a, uh, oh man, that, so do, am I really, like, do I really deserve my purple? It's like, and, and you start to believe it. You start to believe it a little bit, especially in that raw moment. So um, I, to me, purple was probably the hardest one. That was the hardest one, but I feel like it, it's a brown one. I was like, okay, yeah, no, I've worn damn hard <laughs> to, to get to this point. Like, and then yeah. at the point where you're there for Brown, like you put in your years. You can, like, I'm not saying anyone can luck into a blue belt or a purple belt, but at a certain point, like, okay, I'm here. But like, by the time you start to get to Brown and Black, like, girl, you didn't, they're not just throwing people brown belts and black belts. Yeah. So you, right. My professor used to say, but by the time I give you a brown belt, you're a black belt. And I don't, I don't disagree with that. Maybe not every school feels that way, mm -hmm. but yeah, I don't disagree with it. I think I just got to black belt and I was like, oh, okay, I'm a brown belt with a little more seasoning. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> a little more. A little more. Well, that's, yeah, like, yeah. that's similar to what, um, you know what? And, and on that note, I've never won a ref's decision. It's all, I it all, it works in the opposite to me. It's especially if there is a size discrepancy. It's like, you couldn't do anything to this. You couldn't even snap her down. Really, I, yeah, I, I, I really, for that, I was just totally surprised as everybody was. At that point, <laughs> I was like, it comes down to what the refs value oh more. Like, do they value yeah. you attempting to pass? Do they value somebody spamming submissions? Like, I won my first refs decision at Master Worlds, and it was just trying to pass. Um, do you guys know Ginger Ninja? Yep. Yeah, she's amazing. Like uh -huh. I, that match probably could have gone either way. That was the finals match. She's got a really tricky guard. Like if you look at that it's match, long. 
not a very exciting match, but her legs, I couldn't get around them. And she has just such technical grips. I'm sitting here trying to move the entire time. I couldn't do anything. I'm just trying to pass, try to pass, try to pass. If you look at that match, you would be like, man, they're not exhausting much energy at all. It was just like a stalemate. It was so hard to pass. It was so hard. So I think it just depends on what the ref values more. And honestly, Mm -hmm. that could go either way because yeah, it really it really can. Feeling that day. Yeah. Are they a board yeah. player? Are they a passer? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And when you're when you're not familiar with that, when you're when you've never experienced that in competition, I think that's where those you know you look you watch flow grappling and you're whatever you know you watch the videos and and you see that like I'm just as surprised as you <laughs> that this happened. So uh, honestly. <laughs> I get um, it. I get it. Uh, Maggie, you mentioned something where you're talking about how um, your coach said, by the time I give you your brown belt, you're a black belt. Um, I think that, like, depending on your school, you can also feel a different level of imposter syndrome. Like I said, um, I've recently switched from, like, a more traditional gi school to an American jiu-jitsu school where they are the amount of wrestling that I have had to do. To just survive. Good. I, I think everybody has to. It is. Yeah. So one of the things that I had, um, I've, I've even struggled with in there, and I'm a, I'm not as, a, I, this has probably been my most active competition year, um, in a really long time. I, I have like a weird dissonance with my imposter syndrome because I have on one hand, I'm a purple belt. I've been, a, I got, per, I got potent promoted six months before the pandemic that's right then I, so we had the pandemic then this stupid crash that i uh, feel like i'll never stop talking about then i had the crash so i was a purple belt for three years before i really started training so it wasn't until about this time last year that i actually was comfortable like physically and mental mentally training so now i'm going on i'm a four-year purple belt and i'm like well fuck. i'm like am i i should have I should, I should focus on getting promoted, right? Like I, I should, I should be promoted and I have to check my own ego and like not, not do the whole, oh, she's promoted now and I'm still, oh, she's a black belt and I'm still just chilling in Purple Island. So I had that of like, and it's also like, well, am I, have I even developed my skills since Blue Belt? Cause I'm, I'm, am I just, uh, is this just a holdover from like, Am I just working off my reserves? And then I have on the other side, it's like now I'm at a gym where like these blue belt and white belts are kicking my ass. But and they're like, these are like some grown men. These are like some like like some I come from a gym where a lot of them are like, you know, they have desk jobs. They're great and they're technical, but they got shit they have to do. They care about their health, is what I'm trying to say. They right, care. Right. I have a bunch of. They are coming at you with all reckless abandon. I have a bunch of thirty and unders <laughs> who don't give a fuck. Besides, what's this? What are we gonna do with the next new breed? Like, bro, yeah. I'm not. I'm not even here. So there's a level of like. I know we were talking about before we started recording, but like. <laughs> Am I an athlete or someone who does some athletic shit from time to time? Bring it. You are an athlete. You are an athlete. I know. I know. Isn't there a quote quote or something about runners where people are like, well, I'm not really a runner. Run, you're a runner. You you run. It doesn't matter if you're a runner in your 5K. And that's a level of my imposter syndrome is that like, 
am I truly an athlete? Like I struggle with this again my entire life is am I an athlete or am I just like I'm able to do athletic things at moments? Because a lot of times like I have no shame in admitting like if I can stall out, if I can rest, if I can lay my ass down, I'm going to do that too. And then I'll do something super athletic. So I struggle with the idea that I am still an athletic person when I see people who are like jacked hyper athletes who like when you go to a class and you see people running certain drills that you're like and your brain is like. I could never. That's that's apples and oranges, right? Because I I look at it and I'm like, there are kids playing basketball in the park right now. Is is that kid on the same level as Michael Jordan? No, probably probably not. But are they still an athlete because they're playing? I was thinking about that. You guys know who Cody Steele is? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I was watching his highlight reel from the ADCC, uh, I think it's East Coast Trials. Amazing, phenomenal athleticism. Let me let me let me go Google this yeah, person. Yeah. Pull, pull that right. up and watch that. Honestly, go to Flo Grappling's page. It's probably at the top of it, or go to his page. It's on top of everything. I look at, it, I'm like, oh my god, like I'm not doing stuff like that. Hell no, I'm not gonna be doing stuff like that. But does that change the fact that I show my ass up? That I train every day? That I have a regimen? Oh, Jesus, his muscles have muscles, right? Like, <laughs> okay. and honestly, to be fair, like. That's amazing to me because I think when you're when you're young, I think so many of us found jujitsu later on, and that's great. When you're young, that's the time to do that. That's the time yeah. to feel invincible. That's a thousand yeah. percent the time to be like that. But you know what, too? Like, not everybody has that mindset about it. That's why mm-hmm. he's an amazing competitor. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be on every single highlight reel, but what I am going to be is disciplined. What I am going to be is more than motivated. What I am going to do is show my ass up every single time. What I am going to do is show up game. I'm what I mm-hmm. am going to do is not quit. So all of those things still make you an athlete i was doing um a private lesson actually with one of our white belts and i referred to her i was talking about her i said well you know you're an athlete and she started crying and i was like oh oh wait a minute what's going on she's like sorry she said nobody's ever called me an athlete before and i'm like you're you're doing a sport you're you're like training you're training for this you're an athlete like i think when you said that at the beginning i went on google let me see if i got it (laughs) the definition of an athlete is a person who is proficient in sports and other forms of physical exercise. I would say you are more than proficient. It's also a person who is trained or skilled uh, in anything, any game that requires physical strength, agility, or stamina. And I believe jujitsu requires all of those things. Being athletic is different. There are people who are yeah. athletes that are not athletic. Let's be real about that. That's why jujitsu is chess, right? Like, yeah. Sure, the average person could look at Mikey Musumeshi and go, that dude is not athletic, but we know better. We know better. So, like, so many different ways to be an athlete. That was my only point. (laughs) And that is definitely a, I think a lot of it has to do with, and and I hear you, I hear you, Tori, because I know we've talked many times, but (laughs) I hear you where, oh, I'm getting my ass kicked. I challenge you to switch that to, they're making me better. Yes. Yeah. And, and and I'll tell you what, so I was not that person that would be like, I'm I'm going to go and, you know, I'm going to go see someone who specializes in sports therapy. Mm-hmm. I was just like, that's for bougie people. <laughs> but I needed to, I mm-hmm. needed to, and I explored it and insurance covered it. So why the hell not? And I thought they really, and in Houston, there are plenty, a plenty and they work with athlete and that was one of the first things that I said well I'm not really an athlete I even said it to my orthopedic surgeon like I'm not really an athlete but I do jujitsu and I compete and he was like pause because <laughs> he's young <laughs> and he was like pause he goes 
you are an athlete. Mm-hmm. You may not be athletic, but you are an athlete. And yeah. it, from a sports therapy standpoint, what the first thing they teach you is the negative self-talk. That That's why I went from ignoring and not talking to anybody in the bullpen to I play music and I dance where I'm sitting in a chair in the bullpen mm-hmm. because my body can't hold up right now. You know, like that it's either one or the other, a little bit of both. Like, mm-hmm. and that, man, I just, I show up every day and they're kicking my ass. These kids are kicking my ass. They're mm-hmm. handing it to me or I show up and I can't really move because my body is not working. It's working against me right now. But, but what they proposed was, I challenge you to say they're making me better. Mm-hmm. I'm making them better by sharing my knowledge at blue, at purple, at brown, by sharing my knowledge and the experience that I've had from a female standpoint, from a competitor standpoint, from a super heavy standpoint, from someone who got into this, not even to really, you know, do much of anything other than I just want to lose weight and be violent or, you know, have an outlet for violence. Like, next shirt. Next Mighty Dave shirt. I just want to lose weight. <laughs> I just want to lose weight and be violent. Girl, <laughs> I'm going to make it up for you. I got you already. <laughs> so that, you know what I mean? But that, that's the mindset. I, I feel like that that helped the imposter syndrome. I will say that is that's talking to someone who understands that. And, and you can talk to your peers and your friends and black belts and stuff like that, but talking to someone who's just throwing it back at me and saying, change your mindset, change your, your, how you word, how you talk to yourself, change how you talk to yourself and go in with, if you tell me all day long, that it's not about the medals, it's not about this, but you're still signing up for competitions. Yep. There's something I'm like, I'm doing it to prove to myself that I can do it. But ultimately, Mm -hmm. I'm doing it to prove to my children what they're capable of. You know what I mean? Like, and and other and by by proxy, other people. And that is the the mindset change of, okay, okay, yeah, they're not beating me up. They're not, I'm not losing every day. I'm actually having a blast. Yep. And I love, I love it because I'm able to do it because I can still do it. Because there is going to come a time where I'm not going to be able to. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. That right. That right there was the biggest. I hear it and I challenge you to say instead of saying, it's okay, be like, oh, y'all kick my ass. But y'all are making me better. You're making me better. I want all the smoke. I want all the smoke. That's what we I are firmly team smoke. therapy over here. So I hear you. I am, I am working with my therapist on these things right now. Um, one of the things I remember, like, um, so at my job, I do groups with women. And sometimes I do them with children. And I was doing, and this is another time where, I, again, imposter syndrome that I feel within my job is like, I'm expected to lead these women or help these women with serious, serious um, issues that I've only had like a association through like through friends but like one of the things we were doing we we're just doing like an affirmation sheet and listening to what these the, what the women were talking about and saying to themselves and I was like what are y'all doing I was like well think about kids because I I when I was in undergrad I worked at a daycare worst job ever <laughs> tip your daycare workers on Christmas tip them at Christmas <laughs> And give them alcohol. <laughs> oh my God. Give them an ABC liquor card. Like they deserve it. They freak if they don't quit after six months, they deserve it. Yeah, for real. Worst for real. eight months of my life. But I digress. But one of the things I realized, and I brought this to the women, is when you see kids 
You cannot tell a kid they're not the best at fucking everything. That's right. They are. They have the fastest shoes, which make them the fastest runners. They jump higher than anyone. They are the best players of the imaginary game they just made up. They are the smartest. They are whatever the S is, it is them. Yeah. And it is only when we get more exposed in society, we start putting these doubts on ourselves. And like, it hits us down to the part point where like, I think both of you two are awesome. So hearing you say that you have imposter syndrome, like, what what are y'all talking about? I don't think I'm an athlete. So y'all telling me that I'm an athlete, I'm like, well, what are you talking about? We are our worst critics. And it's like, it's this combination of like, we've, we've paid too much attention to society. And now we're at the point where we don't pay attention to the people who are giving us the validation because we can't accept, um, it's hard to accept positive things about Compliment. us. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I'm the worst at compliments. Life spends a lot of time from like, as a kid, life spends a lot of time knocking you down, right? So you're told like when you're a kid, like, hey, you need to be quiet. You need to sit down and you you need to do this. We kind of fall in line into expectations. Um, If you're not a business owner, you're probably working for somebody else. So then all of a sudden you come into jujitsu and it's like, oh, this is something I get to do entirely for me. And I think that feels very weird and foreign to us, but Mm -hmm. we keep showing up, right? Because I'm like, I'm doing this because I want to get better. I'm doing this. And then at a certain point, like, because there's so so many varying levels in jujitsu, right? You see this, like, I'm like, I'm a black belt and there's this purple belt that's training 10 times a day and they're doing whatever and blah, blah, blah. But the reality of it is both of us are giving 100% of ourselves to what we're doing, but that 100% looks different. And if you have yeah. trouble accepting that, you're going to keep that imposter syndrome forever. Yep. Like, that 100% looks different, but if you're giving that 100%, that's all that you can do and that's all that you can really ask of yourself. Yeah, right. I think it's that right. comparison thing that is a big issue, a big thing, and, and like you're literally in a, a competitive sport. Like you're 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 literally actively comparing yourself to another person every time you roll. You're like, oh, I did not do good in this role. They did better than me. So trying to like, um, and that's one of the reasons I want to talk about this is because you know here at the Dames are really big about talking about. Um, self-confidence and self-esteem and i think a lot of times through like youth we were taught like oh you need to have positive self-esteem you have positive self-esteem but no one really told us what that is other than your post show me like, what oh, that looks like that exactly. looks exactly so that's i've right. had yeah 15 and 16 year old me that's that's me like show me what that looks like yeah and, and for me now especially with daughters you know and and, and it's like Show me what that looks like. I can sit here and tell you all day, but if you don't show me what that looks like and demonstrate it, how am I supposed to feel that way? Like, how am I supposed to do it? And then also realizing that, like, I think the moment, like, with all my self-doubt, the moment that really clicks for me was probably during the pandemic when I saw people who were still finding a way to train, who were still, like, you know, people were still going to competitions at a certain point. As soon as competitions opened, people flooded them. What I, um... But during that time, as I saw, we saw a lot of growth with the dames. We saw a lot more people connecting. And I came to the point, I was like, okay, what is my purpose in jujitsu? Like, what am I doing here? Like, I'm not, I don't want to, being a world champion is not like, I'm, I don't want to be a hyper competitor. I didn't, that's, that's not, that's not realistic to jujitsu isn't my full life. I have a whole other aspect that has absolutely nothing to do jujitsu about that I'm just as passionate about as jujitsu. So like, I'm not, I don't want to be a hyper competitor. I hate, I fucking hate traveling. I don't want to go all these places. So that's not what I'm trying to do. I, I have enough friends who are gym owners. No, I don't want to own a gym. 
I definitely don't want to do that. Shit is run, run now. <laughs> I don't want to be a gym owner. Um, if I'm being completely honest, I didn't think out the games would last this long. I keep saying I've tried to quit this shit multiple times. You will not let me. The funny part about it is now is like if I because I'm I let people know like hey I'm having I'm taking mental health break I'll be back in a, I'll be back in a month now I have people like I figured you're on a mental health break just letting you know I hope everything is going good I'm looking forward to the future oh. <laughs> you like, like that's like learning how to manage that imposter syndrome I'm gonna say on the flip side of that though yeah. is that if you are confident. As a woman in this sport, now you're cocky, and now that's yeah, a exactly. And, and now I need to make a point to to bash you down a little bit. Exactly, that, that absolutely. To find a way right. to that's knock going. you down a peg, like regardless. So, yeah, that flip side of all of it is, yep. I want you to be, you know, like pump you up and get you going, whatever, whatever, and then. But if you're if you're a little too like. Mm -mm. No, if you're feeling no, yourself she, a little too much, yes. you're like, well, rain it in. Be yes. great. Rain. Well, not, you're good for it's like a well, you're good for a woman. Yes. You're doing yeah. good. You're doing or, great in the women's look, You're good considering you're super heavy. Yeah. All I tell people all oh my God. I, sorry. Another thing I could rant about for days. We're <laughs> not going to. You oh Lord. There are so many people out there. I just want to remind anybody who's listening to this who has this imposter syndrome, keep this in mind. There are so many people out there who are not good at what they do and not as qualified as you, and they are making money doing it. Yep. Uh, I don't want to give this person too much attention, <laughs> but we had, a, we had a con artist who was part of our gym for quite a while, right? This man somehow has found a way to still be a part of the jujitsu community. So I tell everybody, live your life with the confidence <laughs> of a con artist man, because that man will walk into any room and be like, I'm a black belt. I'm the best. Now he's a first degree black belt because he convinced somebody that he'd been training long enough to get it. Like, I need you all to have the confidence of a unqualified man. People out there who are not as good at what you do and not as disciplined, not as motivated, not as inspiring, and they're making more money than you, honey. So, I mean, let that be the real motivation to get out there and start yep. doing some things. Like, yep. for real. I've had, like, I've gone to places where, like, I feel like I go through, a lot of us go through phases where, like, I am secure in this. And one of the things is, like, I just started teaching again. And I hadn't taught, I haven't taught in years. That's one of the things I liked about moving into a new gym. It is a more competitive aspect, but it allows me to teach and it fits in my schedule so much better. Um, and the other good thing is, like, I was able to leave my last gym with literally no issue. We have like, a, um, we do these, th we do like symposiums here where we float from gym to gym. Mm -hmm. And it's literally all the gyms I've ever trained at are in the network together. So it's like, like my old, my old coach was like rocking one of the rash guards from my gym that's now. So like it was, I know I'm really lucky that that transaction was able to happen as smoothly as it did. But now I'm teaching the women's program. I'm over the women's program and we have like, we have these teen girls who I'm just looking at them like, if I could have you focus for like 15 minutes continuously, and if you, if you just if you just listened a little bit, oh my god, you could be you could be so great. And I'm just sitting here thinking, it was like, why don't I think this to myself? Because in my brain, I was like, Tori, if you could just focus, if you could just if you could just drill these passes for 15 minutes a day, you could be great. I was like, but I want to sleep. So, but like I yeah. found like part of 
some some level of like an imposter syndrome has come back, but it's kind of being it's they're they're actively going back and forth now that I'm charged with teaching people this sport, and I'm realizing it. On the one hand, it's like, oh god, am I qualified to teach these people? I do. I got basic jujitsu. I do basic. I do basic bitch shit, and I have no apologies about it. But on the other side, now other hand, it's like, well. You've been, let's not lie, you've been doing some shortcuts on some of these moves. Now we're relearning the, the proper way to get do them. And now that I'm doing all the techniques step for step, I'm seeing when I'm rolling with guys who are, I mean, because nobody's my size. People who are closer to my size, but like they have a, they have a, they got that strength yeah. that I have. I'm seeing it's working better. So it's like, I don't feel like I'm qualified all the time to teach y'all, but because I have to teach you, I'm actually watching and studying, like, I'm actually looking at jujitsu more than I ever had, because I don't care what anyone says, I'm, I can't watch a lot of jujitsu. It's, it's, my eyes go dead. All day, every day, it could be on, and I'd be happy. <laughs> Are you, I, look, I'm a, I came, I came running in the background, the, the, it running in the background of, in some form or fashion. Yes. Oh my god. So yeah. that's why, again, that's another way where I feel like an imposter. I don't like to watch a lot of jujitsu. Yeah, but it's not because I, and it's, a, it's not because I want to, because kudos, I will say this, kudos to y'all for teaching because the first time I ever got asked to, to teach a class, I was like, what? <laughs> no. no. And they're like, well, isn't that what you do? It's what you do for work. It's literally my job. <laughs> and, like what I get paid to do. I'm not a teacher. I'm a facilitator. That's different. And it's a facilitator for, you know, like something else that I'm super confident in. Now mm -hmm. you're asking me to share this knowledge. Guys, I don't know if I can do that. And they're just like, no, 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 no. It's going to be just some women, you know, and, and, and basic. Okay. Uh, I was like, okay, you know, and it's that, yeah. Kudos to y'all for doing that because that is, that is a whole other level of, you can be amazing at be a shit teacher. But a shit teacher, a shit teacher, and and that could ha that could happen. So I play it in the background just because I feel like osmosis is real. <laughs> wait, wait, you know, because if, if that's true, I was listening to a true crime podcast in the background. I don't want osmosis to be true. I'm not. Trying hey, to listen, die. you might you might be trying to pick up some some skills or something, but there's. Yeah, no, I think it is, especially just uh, honestly. So I, terminology, the vocabulary, I mean, really and truly, I feel like I still to this day say that that was the hardest hurdle in, in the beginning was understanding this whole new set vocabulary of things that, what? Wait, 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 you what? And then they're named after people that I have no idea who the fuck these people oh, are. I don't know any day. of the names to anything. <laughs> um, so, light bulb, I just realized at late purple that Della Hiva was named after something. <laughs> no, that's okay because he, he's not that great of a human, so don't yeah, no. that. <laughs> so You're fine. Like, inside wait, person, outside <laughs> I have oh, never... Wait, 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 wait. I have never remembered a Japanese name for anything. Let me just say that right now. I have tried, and then like there's like the only one I remember is like, oh, I know what a Uchimana is. Like, but also it's just yes. inner. It's no. The only ones I know are because of sway and because <laughs> it, it, it was 
one of those, oh, your knee's jacked up? Let me show you this Tani Otoshi and, and no you know, clue what that is. I was going to yeah. say, I think, Aliyah, I think you do know, know the names because you've said multiple times, like, oh, that's a blah, 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 fuzzle, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, yeah, it But it's only because it's sweaty. I swear, because it's literally because she said something and said, hey, have you tried this? And I'm like, from far away, mind you, from miles away. And I'm like, let me go Google what that is first and then see, oh, yeah, I probably could, you know, swing that. Let me let me see. And then I have to go look up the history. I'm one of those nerdy, like the not uh-huh. sense of nerdy people that I want to see the history and the background yeah. and where it came from. And I, I, I will never do judo. I'm going to say it right now. Oh, I'll God, no. <laughs> Patrick was-, was plenty for me. Um, so I will never do judo. But I appreciate those that do. And her being just way being one of them. And when she's like, give this a go or take a look at this and modify or, you know, something like that. Yeah, no, I, I could spit them now because I know them now and I understand. But yeah, first time somebody said Uchimata, I was like, what? That's <laughs> yeah, the no. biggest point of imposter syndrome right now is actually teaching. And I, I don't know if that's because I'm a black belt now, which is funny because I've been a public school. I was a public school teacher for 14 years, right? Mm-hmm. So I was an English teacher and a theater teacher. I could communicate that stuff. But especially now as a black belt, I think that is my biggest point of insecurity or imposter syndrome is that I know that I have all this knowledge up there. And I know that like, and this is going to sound like, this is not meant to sound cocky. There are not many people on this earth who watch more jujitsu than me. And I can confidently say that. Like, like right now I have a match playing in the background of my phone. Like you've, um, you've done commentary. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I yeah. love it. I, I, I live it. I breathe it. Like that is literally what I think about when I wake up. And that is the last thing. That's like the last thing I think about before I go to sleep. I love jujitsu. And I know that. And it is obsessive. And I know that that might not be. <laughs> and so I've got all this knowledge up in my brain, but then I'm so worried. And part of this is my gender. I know it. Yeah. Uh, the first time somebody was like, oh, professor, I was like, oh, were they talking to me? That's weird. But then I'm also like, well, I wonder if maybe like I've started, I teach classes, right? And I don't teach, um, I'm good. We're adding a women's class, but the class I teach is mixed genders. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned to somebody that I teach a class and, or that I teach and he goes, oh, that's cool. You teach the women's class. And I said, uh, no, I teach, I teach everybody. It's an essentials class. And he goes, that's so nice that your professor lets you do that. The response, girl, I read him for filth, but that's besides the point. <laughs> but, I'm, I'm sorry, you mean it's great that I do my job at my gym? And huh? that's my gym. That I is like, hey, I was like, hey, that's my name up there on the building, by the way. It says Torres. I don't know if you know that, but no, it's weird. And I sometimes think like, oh, man, I wonder if men okay, ever think like, Mm, yeah, that's cute, but she doesn't really know what she's talking about or, or, or things like that. And the reality is, I know that I do. I know that I'm one of the most knowledgeable people in that gym because I love this and I'm obsessed with it. But I do worry sometimes like, oh, maybe people don't think I know what I'm talking about because in competition, yeah, I'm a good competitor. I know what I'm doing, but you're right. Competition's not. And there are people who compete well that do not teach well. So that's been my biggest thing of like personal development is like, I'm watching more because I want to learn what works for people. And I've been like looking at my husband's been watching like the AOJ app. And, and actually, I'm going to argue that they're some of probably the greatest teachers ever. I really do genuinely believe that. And I think Andre is a great teacher as well. I think Angelica is a great teacher. But I'm just trying to learn from people who also love what they're doing, who communicate it well, because that's my biggest point of imposter syndrome and insecurity at the moment, I guess. Well, and, and I, I can appreciate from the receiving side, I can appreciate when I am watching the matches and there is a knowledgeable and, and even bonus that it's, it's a sister to me, but I can appreciate. 
appreciate when it's a knowledgeable person and knowledgeable enough and knowledgeable to the extent of you know the technical term you know the technical process of it mm -hmm. but you can also break down for you know the 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 connect four people right they say chess i'm connect four like for the people like me that are like i need that broken down a little bit more in, in simpler detail and that is it, it's it's a pr it's a proud moment for me because i'm like i know her but it's also a moment of potential for me mm -hmm. that i'm like i have i have that to aspire to, to so kudos, you're, kudos you're and thank aspirational. you um yeah. but you know what and that's one of the reasons why like i almost didn't like it's weird because I always knew I wanted to do some aspect of teaching within there, whether it was just doing like private lessons or who was teaching. And when it was brought to me, it's weird. Cause like on the one hand, I don't want to be insulted that I was asked just to teach a women's program. Like I couldn't just teach, but the other hand, it's like, I also, I've been in this game long enough that I've seen that women are more skittish to join jujitsu. Some of the, yeah, some of them, some of them like came straight out of the gate, like straight out of the gates of hell, ready to grip me out the everyone. brand new. Yes, they use violence. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they are ones who literally came in, and sometimes the little kids are like, like they they're they're basically serial killers, like they're they're little, little tyrants. But a lot of people who do come into the sport, like the women that come into the sport, they're like. I guess I'm gonna try it, or they, they there's. I'm aware they need that, that platform. Some do. They exactly. need that platform of a women's class, or even before the women's class, before it's officially. Yeah. Oh, this is a women's jujitsu class. The platform of self defense. Yeah, with fundamentals yeah. mixed in, mm -hmm. and that is that is one of those that when when that happens, I think. Uh, I think that I didn't realize I, I because I wasn't that person. I didn't realize that there are women out there that need that mm -hmm. until they come to you and say I can't appreciate I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the fact that y'all do this because I'm scared to start to just see my husband trains my kids train but yep. I don't think I can make it through a class because yep. we don't have women's yep. classes everybody trains together you mm -hmm. know and so that is that they they use they use that self-defense class to kind of and then they'll ask Ease. questions well I saw Ease. this and this and this and you know what is that oh that's a mount and that's an arm bar let, yeah. let me show you. Like, mm -hmm. Let me show you. So that they they need that little almost. Uh, it's not a safety net. It's not a safety net. So I don't want to say it, it's that stepping stone. Yeah, I think it's like yeah. a launching pad. Yeah, it's like yeah, they need yeah. they need a starting ground. So like again, that's something that like again that's that's part of my um that's how the imposter syndrome kind of came back with me is like am I are you saying I'm only qualified to teach new women how to do this? And I did that because I started teaching and I was I started teaching as like blue belt. But then I realized it's like, okay, maybe we take it as a way as Tori, you're dope. You have a dope personality. <laughs> maybe it's um a people feel more comfortable with you. Oh, she'll pop back up. Um, maybe it is a people feel more comfortable with you than they would with the other person that is coming into the um and and I don't actually think that's a bad thing. I think it's only bad if people assume that women can only teach women's classes. Mm -hmm. I, I feel the same way as you about that. I'm very passionate about that because actually I find it I find it more rewarding to teach women. And maybe that's because I come from the background of being like a sexual assault survivor myself. And I know there's a lot of women in there that are like, to me, it is a great responsibility that I feel very honored 
to like share mm-hmm. and to be a part of. So no, I do think, I don't think it's more difficult to teach women. I think that women, there's something very primal in us. I think that women this more than we realize we need it. And I think that yeah. it's an honor to teach women's classes as well. I think another thing is, is when I did start working at the, when I started working with um, domestic violence and sexual assault survivors, I think that kind of shifted my mentality as well because it was like, it's not just, oh, you're only qualified to do this. It's like, actually, there are only certain people who are qualified to teach these women yeah. because certain people, like I've, I've been into classes. I've Even when I was a blue belt, like, I've been in the classes where like, we have, we had, at my old gym, we had curtains, like, because we had the door, we had like a curtain to stop people from coming in. Um, and for, for parents from like peeking in there. But I remember like the curtain, like being up and on one side, it was a gym. It was like our, it was like the weights and everything. And like a woman being absolutely terrified because there were men in the side of the gym and she didn't know men were going to be there. And she was in like tight clothing. And then I was like, okay, y'all got to go. And then I was like, I'm sorry, we'll make sure that doesn't happen again. This is definitely supposed to be a, during this time, it's a woman only space. So that helped shift. And then it also helped that like, I realized that um, at both of my gyms, I, I really felt like when I came to this new gym, I really felt that I was from day one, they were like, fuck, you're good, you're good. And then it's like, okay, we want you to teach the women's program. It's like, okay, are you available to teach anything else? And it wasn't even, it was also a, your quality, your quality at what you do. And we recognize that. And we think you can be a great benefit in different ways, not just, I think it's this idea of, um, I don't, it's weird. Cause like at one end, I feel like sometimes I'm not qualified, but the other end is like, how dare you pigeonhole me into one area? I want variety, but I don't want you to tell me that I'm qualified for this variety. I want it to like, it's like a buffet. Just put it out there. Let me take what I want. <laughs> That's the battle. That's the battle. It, it, and you know, and doesn't it feel a little, not that we necessarily seek the validation. But we do. Let's not lie. We do. <laughs> but it feels good. I mean, like Maggie mentioned earlier, and then you just mentioned it with the classes. I, I can remember at you know sitting on the sidelines and watching some of my, a couple of my teammates newer teammates getting ready for a tournament and <laughs> another guy that was a belt below um they turned to him i'm literally like kind of softly coaching i hate doing that sideline stuff but i'll joke and i play around and i'll be like smash him yeah there you go. You got to right I'm a very aggressive yeah, coach. Yeah. Like I have to stop. I'm yeah, very yeah. aggressive. But we were, you know, we were with after class kind of thing. They were just rolling and I was just like, yeah. And the guy on bottom's like getting smashed. And I'm like, you got him right where you want him. And he's looking at me like, really? <laughs> but that, that idea of when I actually started giving like, Hey, take your hand, move this way. Da, 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 and then they don't listen. And I was like, okay, or not. Yeah. <laughs> and then he pops up and he looks at, the guy right next to me and says, Hey, so what could I have done to, uh, <laughs> to do X, Y, Z? And my teammate shout out. Cause all of them are like that. that now that they'll turn and they'll be like, you realize he's like, like she, she said exactly what you needed to do. You could have done like, what she asked you to do. But you had the information. Yeah, yeah, you chose yeah, not to use and, it. Yeah. And he's like, and you know what? What's even crazy? He goes, Oh, I didn't know that that's what you're saying. He was like, you know what's even crazier? He's like a world champion. 
so you might want to listen. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm looking at him like, don't do that. And he's like, no, they help? need to recognize. Like, they need to realize there is knowledge, not just amongst us guys. There's knowledge yep. with you ladies as well. And guess what? He was like, and think of it this way. So it will help him be able to roll better with the ladies. And yeah. I'm like, well, okay. Yeah, okay. I was like, okay, we, okay. Like, we had a thing for the women's class, like the new women's class, and um, we have a couple people who work on like the like the graphic design for this gym. Um, shout out to the Birdhouse. Um, and I I was you know between the Mighty Dames and like the Affirmative Amplify and my own personal stuff, I get a lot of fucking notifications on my phone. It, it's constantly going, and I saw one that I was someone tagging me and something. I was like, okay, let me see what this is. And they gave me, they had took a picture that I had where I was coaching at one of the tournaments. They had me at the angle. My glasses were looking. I was softly lit with like a like a, 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 a pinkish shoe, had like birdhouse, women's class. It had like multiple time champion at this. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and like, they didn't tell me that we're going to do this, but that's part of their thing they were doing. And like, I was, there, I was like, y'all made me like a... I'm, I'm and then dope like, and I do dope shit. Yeah, they're like, well, you are that bitch. So why are you thinking? Of course we would do this. And I, but like, seeing that was a moment of like, oh my god, I do, I be doing my stuff, don't I? People people be noticing me doing my stuff. That's a nice feeling sometimes. <laughs> so in between these moments of like <laughs> crippling um, self doubt, I have these moments of like, actually, you know. I did a little thing there. I'm pretty, I'm pretty cool. I, I kind of know what I'm doing here. Um, and I think that in reality, the concept of like imposter syndrome of feeling that we're, we're like, somehow we did not earn our position. I think that's going to be deeply entrenched into just like womanhood, being a minority. There's always going to be people who think that we just did not earn our place at the table even though we know our history that we have scraped we have drugged we have crawled to being in the position that we are today um and like no one knows your story like you know your story so to me it's still wild that knowing where i came from to where i am now i still don't think that like there's times i don't think that i'm worthy of where i'm at my, I feel like I had a shift. Maybe it was like the magical, mythical black belt got wrapped around my waist or something. But I had like a shift where I realized like I'm at a point in my life now. And maybe it's because I'm getting older, too. So maybe that's a blessing where I'm not going to ask anybody for a seat at the table anymore. I'm going to pull a chair up and I'm going to make some space. Yes. Gonna, but that's kind Maggie, of. Can I, can I ask this? Did it happen at motherhood? Because I feel like that part, a little bit of that is, is that. I feel, I feel like, because for me, the mindset changed. I, I was a mom at 18. So the my, my mindset, like, immediately switched to, I got to do this for somebody else. I think it I wasn't trained about it, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. I know. I think I can see that actually. I think it crept its way. And I think that started changing me. And then I think, honestly, just like, then I was at Black Belt and I see all these other people and I'm like, oh, I'm not really, I'm not really worried about what they're doing. Like, yeah. So I definitely think that's a big part of it. But I just got to a point where I was like, why do I care what they think about what I'm yep. doing? I'm doing what I'm doing and it doesn't change it whether they think I'm legit or not because I know that I am. And so I don't know. There was a portion of me when I first, you know, when I first moved to the Houston, Houston area, I was looking, I came from a mom and pop MMA gym. So I was looking, mm-hmm. not looking for a big name gym, um, 
But at the time, the affiliation that I got my blue belt under was a big Houston gym. And I and not the one I'm with now. <laughs> and it was that, like, I went to go try out a class there, and I just didn't feel... I just didn't feel like I, I didn't think it was going to be beneficial to either one of us. And then there was the idea of it's going to take me two hours to get there. So that was out of the question. Oh, God. So I, like, no. nah. so I didn't realize because as advertised, you know, my, my gym now is not necessarily advertised as a BCC gym, like a brand, a big branded gym. It's advertised as school jujitsu. Simple, plain, you know, and, and still the mom and pop feel. Yes, we are an affiliation of a bigger brand. Um, but when I started and I came in literally two weeks out from a blue belt competition and I was like, ah, and then spent a week and then found home. So whenever I signed on to it, I did have that idea of like, am I going to represent this brand, this EPP brand? Like, can I really, and then I started looking up, I'd never heard of Brazilian top team at the time. So then I started looking up Brazilian top team women and black belt and just, Ooh. <laughs> and I had to dig deeper in the Brazil roots, you know, and I was like, oh, these people mean business, business. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I, 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 I didn't, I was only doing local competitions at that point, mm-hmm. you know, the Nagas and the grappling industries and, and, and grappling games, like that, stuff like that. I hadn't even done an IDJ. I wasn't even registered, I think, at the time. So mm-hmm. that, that was a piece of the imposter syndrome, too, was, do, am I going to represent this big name and my gym? <laughs> am I going to do them justice? And I quickly realized, quickly, quickly realized, it, they're they're just happy for you to to have to say, hey, you know what? I want to go compete. Hey, I want to go challenge myself. And and to to have a professor and a coach that are like, you got this. You're good. Like mm-hmm. work done. You're good. Go go mm-hmm. have fun. Truly, truly go have fun. I love the coaches too. Don't get me wrong. I, I respect the like do this, do this, you know, kind of coach. Yeah. I need that too sometimes. But I think you know we're as athletes, as competitors, we have seasons. You hear that, Tori? As and- athletes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have seasons, and you know, when I started at Blue Belt, I did feel like I didn't earn it, but then I also felt like you know what, let me get, that's how I signed up for the big guys. Yeah. You know, it was like, and then it was like right off the gate, master world. Cool. Okay. Yep. Nope. Didn't do my, my best. I felt like, but it came home still proud. And then it was, no, I got to do better. No, I got to do better because I'm not, I'm not up to par with these other yeah. people, women at this level. Never mind the 10 or so that were in the division. I felt like I wasn't up to par. And, and I was like, nope, nope. And it's that, again, imposter syndrome that kind of creeps in and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you did ask before we started, you know, kind of going and stuff, but the, for sponsorship, the mm-hmm. same thing. You know, I was not the person that I was seeking out sponsors. Um, I just so happened to find one that fit me perfectly in my game, you know, but it mm-hmm. was that idea of like, am I really going to, am I really going to represent this brand? Like, am I really good? Y'all see some of the shit I share on Instagram. They knew who they were getting into bed with. They know exactly. They're like, that's it. 
Yeah, I was boring like, athletes. Nobody wants boring athletes. I wouldn't want to sponsor you because of that. I mean, clearly some people want boring athletes, but not I. Yeah. <laughs> I so that's, you know, that, that, there's that idea too. It's like, am I really going to represent them? You know, I'm a shit model. I forget to take pictures. I take pictures of everybody else's great moments, but my own, you know? And, and but then it, it the, again, imposter syndrome on the business side, on the personal side, on the athlete side, and it creeps its way in. But then I feel like everybody needs that best friend or child or grown adult child that checks you real mm-hmm. quick, whether it's your parent, a family member, best friend, whatever. The one that checks you and says, no, 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 come back Excuse now. Excuse me. Like, hang on. Like, let, yeah. let me let me just tell you real quick. You, you are that bitch. And you are an amazing person. But also understand, mom, that you are also someone who represents this rank like yeah. you know that that that's that little check like you know that, so Look, yeah i yeah. don't feel like i'm qualified sometimes to represent the mighty dames and i created the damn thing <laughs> so um <laughs> that's a problem it's weird but you've never thought like at your gym it's like am i really the thing Am is, I in charge of this shit? That's all my name is on that building. I can't fake it now. Honestly, <laughs> it was like my intention for the group and what it became is so completely. I tell people this all the time. Like this whole thing started because I was bored one day and I was playing with the design software. That's it. I was making. I made a logo up. I came up with a name. And I was like, oh, this, and it just kind of snowballed. <laughs> Into where we are now, like I got, a sh- I got shirt, I got a no, new logo from them. That's imposter syndrome right there, though, because you're not admitting mm. that the reality of it is you were frustrated with yes. seeing the way that bigger people were talked about in this sport and the lack of representation. So again, you're even you're you're not being totally honest about that. Yes, you might have created no. that design, but that came from here. That was intentional and purposeful, it's, and it's not a this shit like, run. runs deep. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. what. That, but like on a serious note, like that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to this topic. And that's one of the reasons why like I've been, I don't share everything that goes in my life, but I do make it a point to be very um transparent, knowing that I, <laughs> I intentionally created the platform and knowing that there are other people who are similar to that. And whether it is weird to admit or not, people do follow the dames. They do look toward it for support, inspiration. Um, People look to me for those things as well. People look to me those things as well. So like even like recently, I and I um let everyone know that I was re I was diagnosed as bipolar, and even that I was like, even knowing now exactly what the things I was going for before that I was just diagnosed with having um depression and anxiety. I would still credit my success to me being an ex a high a high achieving anxious person. I was like, well, it's because I have anxiety and I'm so fueled to like, I can't, things can't go wrong. So they have to go right. Not thinking as like, well, you made a conscious decision that this is what you wanted to focus your energy into and you're just getting the fruits of your labor. So I think all of this stuff, it's like, there's a lot of surface level thing, but I think you mentioned Ali is like how you speak about yourself. The negative talk is so deeply ingrained that like I have a full ass business, like, merch and shit everywhere and i still say that i looked my way into this or i accidentally started this not that i spent countless nights on here i've been on the phone i've been messaging people i've been creating websites it just 
it doesn't feel sometimes it just doesn't feel earned even though i know i have earned it yeah you have earned it and then some yep. you work you work yeah yeah you really really it, yeah. it, it, it i i equate that in a sense to you own a business maggie owns a business that is that is your your y'all's baby blood sweat tears that is all of so it so many is tears so so yeah it is it's so it's negative self-talk that you gotta eliminate you gotta eliminate that it's like you just you, and it, it's hard it's hard and like i said sometimes it takes an outside person a third party to check you you know like to really check you because i don't catch it sometimes i'll i'll be like no no i don't think I can. i'm not gonna really you know, I'm not credentialed in my field that I could, like my job. I'm not credentialed. I'm surrounded, surrounded by Howard University graduates, people with doctors, doctors and masters. And I didn't even finish my associate's degree. And I feel, I, I felt a little like, ooh, I don't belong here. Mm-hmm. And then there. It, it took, yeah, it took, hey, they thought they saw you, they hired you and they pay you. What yep. they pay you because you are damn good at your job, yep. and I'm like, okay, okay, you know what? Yeah, that's right. And it, and it took an outside person to be like, you absolutely belong there. You absolutely belong there. So yeah, it, it's it's self talk. It is self talk, and it, it's a, it's a it's a task. It's a job. It, it's just as it's just as hard sometimes as training, sitting down, taking ten minutes out of your day, five minutes out of your day to write down. You know, like things that you said to yourself that, man, this is still on my, still on my heart. This is still on my mind. And then coming up with a positive way to, to do it. Because I grew up in a world of you could do this, but that's still not good enough necessarily. You know, like that. Yeah. That's the trick is just to keep showing. Like even if it's like difficult, just keep showing up until you believe it. Mm-hmm. Right. Doing the work. Make that's it right. till make it. <laughs> um okay well we've gone on for like an hour and 30 minutes but this has been fantastic thank you ladies so much um again like we said this is gonna be dang discussed it's gonna be a monthly thing we're definitely gonna have it um we're gonna be up on youtube and on our podcast home um thank you ladies this has been a blast you're welcome